Hey Luke, what did you think of Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever? I mean, I think the problem with Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever is it's following Black Panther, which was brilliant. And Black Panther is one of the best Marvel movies. Oh, I could make the case for it's the best Marvel movie. Depends a little bit on your, your preferences, but it's up there. And I thought that this was a quite good Marvel movie. I think it does a few things that are really interesting. One is by, you know, by not having the main character of the first movie. It has to tell a very different story for a sequel. And in a way, I think it gives more room to those characters. And and I think they did the best with what they could. You know, obviously no one planned for this movie to be like this. The fact that they were able to give uh, emotional beats in that way. I mean, the opening funeral scene is, I would say, top three scenes ever in the MCU. It's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's beautiful. It's incredible. I would say up until maybe the coffin gets like sucked into the air by like the hover ship, which I thought didn't look great. Yeah, that felt very odd. <laughs> and 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 also in a really good way, like in a really instructive way, kind of the problem with the whole movie is that there are these incredible moments of character and incredible moments of emotion and honoring Chadwick Boseman's legacy, and then they'd be interrupted by a bunch of garbage, like that didn't look good or make sense. And and that's that was my sort of takeaway. You could tell that it was filmed in a non-ideal situation, I think is the best way to put it. Like it was filmed in a situation where they could not get all the right people in all the right places at all the right times and it suffers for it, which yeah, is a, is a real shame. There was something very odd about the Chabuk Boseman stuff because, and going, we're going full spoilers here. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Alan. Alan. Yeah. So, yeah, so there's a very notable death partway through. Queen Ramonda dies, Angela Bassett's character, and she is great in this entire She's thing. great. She's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Like, actually, as a diversion, the acting in this film is great. It is some of the best stuff that there is. Absolutely everyone I buy and is interesting. Like, also, everyone looks very good in this movie. Like, I'm going to say that now. Yes. Like, Mbaku looks like he's somehow become, like, bigger. He's become, like, more of a bear. Peter Nyong'o's got like a, a a very cool hippie teacher vibe going on. Yep. Angela Bassett is like extremely regal to like a point that is like almost parody. But yeah, her character dies later on. And I think that it speaks to kind of an issue with, I don't know how better they can deal with the Chadwick Boseman stuff because they have to have him die in the, the, the universe, which him going off to another planet and never was never seen again would be, right. would be awful. But then it also like, you know, they look up and they see a, a mural of him on the wall and it's like, oh, that looks a lot like the mural of Tony Stark when he died. Yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. didn't die. And it's it's right. odd. And then playing up the kind of like, yeah, you have Angela Bass absolutely selling the, you know, everyone in my, you know, my husband's dead. My son is dead. My daughter's missing. Like, isn't this awful for me? And it's like, what? Should, what? I, I don't, it, it, it crossed the, the real boundary in a way. I don't think they could have done better, but it did make it feel odd at times yeah i would agree with that i i think the acting in this is amazing the costumes in this are amazing the performances are across the board amazing the script is fine 
But it does continue an issue that I've had with these movies that is becoming so noticeable now that I, I can't actually focus on them as much as I used to. And I don't think this is a COVID thing, but I think COVID has exacerbated this problem, which is the Marvel movie liminal space problem. Right. Well, I can't remember which one is the one that we mentioned this, the first four, but it, there was one that was had a big problem of, and it's gotten worse. It's gotten really bad. We're now, I, I, I looked, and it really depends on if you count a throne room as a liminal space, but there is essentially... Throne room is a real space, I think. Okay, so there's the throne room, there's Martin Freeman's kitchen, there's Riri's dorm room. They are the only three non-liminal places in that movie. Yeah, there's a couple of others. There's kind of like the house by the river that Mikhail Cole's character lives in. There's a few others, but you know, I, I agree with you in principle. Like, yeah, there's a lot of other spaces. It, it, it's basically to a point where in one scene, they find Martin Freeman just like jogging down a highway and they take him into the woods, you know? Yeah. And, and I think obviously COVID is part of this, but the other problem is that as you become more and more fantastical, Marvel comics have this issue too, where, in, you know, at a certain level of Marvel comics, nothing's taking place anywhere. Just warehouses and hangars and uh, the the bridges of of starships and and in the movies it, it starts to cause problems, particularly in depicting Wakanda, which is supposed to be this incredibly cool Afrofuturistic society, and we were basically only given like one or two street intersections and with no establishing shots really, no. or if we have them, they're like a couple seconds long. And what it starts to do is it starts to compress the movie. It starts to make the movie feel like a, I don't know, like a student play kind of. It feels strange. And then when you're having these huge emotions in this movie, which are, as you said, a mix of both acting emotions and literal grief from the cast, it all starts to feel really strange because everything just feels really compressed down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the other example of this being good is the original Avengers movie when New York is attacked because New York is a real city and seeing... Chitari going around the Empire State Building and all this stuff is like incredible and it's like oh wow I know what this is but then you have Wakanda which is an entirely fictional place and it doesn't feel grounded at all so the destruction of the Wakandan capital city I don't even know its name I don't know if it has a name is it just one is, is there just one city in the entire country I don't know I have no idea I have right. no idea and obviously this is like nitpicky stuff but it does start to add up because you you want to feel the reality of what's going on here and the stakes. And with a movie like Wakanda Forever, which is literally a movie about two warring nations, both of which aren't real. Like we get one view of uh, Chalo Khan, the kind of rebrand for Atlantis in this movie where Namor lives. And that's fine. It's, it looks okay. I think it's like a very kind of well thought out bit of world building I, I yeah i will interject that i absolutely love that bit of world building i thought it was great the i i, I didn't know before i also don't really follow the comics but i did not realize that that was not what his original thing was but mm, the idea no. of a an african society that has resisted colonizers and a indigenous south american central american society that has been attacked by colonizers but found a new home is like really really interesting and the communication between those two societies and then finding like common ground is really, really fascinating but then they just went to war i was yeah. like oh okay and, and the and the decision to go to war is essentially the main issue with the movie which is that it happens in the course of about four lines when uh shuri is in chalo khan and he's just like so i'm going to kill everybody and then she's like don't do that even though he's 
it's such a bizarre setup and and it happened so quickly that i almost was like wait what what are we doing here why why is he doing this he just wants to kill one teenage girl and now like after showing you around he's like actually i've decided to do something else and it it seems to come out of nowhere in a in a really weird way and it only kind of works because namor is the best and i love him yeah no he absolutely nails it and is yeah, very very good at it but yeah the the idea that I know it sets up this really interesting thing at the start of the movie where America and France and all these other countries are attempting to steal the vibranium for Wakanda. And then it's like, wow, this is really interesting. Oh, wow, they found another society with vibranium. Oh, wow, this is like fascinating. There's these two powerful societies against the rest of the world. Oh, they're fighting. It, it, like, just, it nukes the stakes. There are no stakes in the movie after that point because it's like, all right, two magical societies are fighting. Good, good luck, I guess. Like, you could see a version of this movie in which a mysterious diplomat named Victor, perhaps, in the opening, <laughs> says that he's discovered vibranium somewhere other than Wakanda. And Wakanda wants to get to that country that has the vibranium before this mysterious diplomat named Victor gets there. Mm -hmm. They disagree with the society that they, you know, the, this underwater society, which does not know about the UN and all of this stuff. They scrap for a little bit. There's a fight in the middle between Shuri and Namor. And then Victor gets his hands on the vibranium to build a metal suit, perhaps. And then they have to team up to defeat this colonizer who has revealed his last name is actually Doom, not Interesting. whatever. Interesting. And like you could like essentially there's a there's a villain missing from this story. And part of me wonders if something was scrapped, something was changed in the timeline, or if they were just like, if we're going to say goodbye to Chadwick Boseman properly, like we can't, we can't fit this in. But it feels like something's missing in the narrative. But like, it would have been more interesting had Wakanda gone to the rescue of... Yes, it would have Namor. made more sense. It would have been more interesting if Namor had come to the rescue of Wakanda. It would have been more interesting if they had teamed up to defeat a common enemy. And also because the ending of the movie is them going like, actually, we're friends after all. It just makes the entire thing feel pointless. Like a bunch of people died. A lot of people died. Her mother, her mother died. Like it's one of those things where the movie is good and it's fine. But the more you think about it, the more you're just like, this doesn't make any sense. And I think it's more noticeable in this movie than other Marvel movies where it is still pretty noticeable, but it's more noticeable in this movie because so much of it is good and well-made and deliberate. And uh, yeah, Ryan Coogler is like, easily one of the best directors who's worked in marvel and definitely one of the best directors who's done two movies without question and the whole movie has this almost auteur level feeling about it i will say ryan coogler has gotten a lot better at fight scenes between yes, the first one because yeah. i i think the fight scene at the end of black panther one is the worst fight scene in marvel i think it's ugly and it's bad and it doesn't make sense yeah it comes close to derailing the whole thing yeah it looks like the power rangers i think the fight scene on the boat which Unfortunately, on a script level, makes zero sense why they're doing this. Yeah, I mean, as, as is well known, if you need to fight an enemy who lives in water, you get on get a boat. Get on a boat. That's, That's the right. number put, one thing that you yeah. do. If you are the best military in the world, you should put all of your people on a boat surrounded by water to fight an aquatic uh, adversary. I think it's yes. really smart. But I will say the multi-level fight scene gets close to Winter Soldier in terms of like, okay, like we've got this happening here. We've got this happening here. There's all the different pieces are fighting. They end up on the beach and they have like an yeah. absolutely brutal fucking fight, which is great. I loved it. I just wish it made sense.
I will say that also Letitia Wright as the Black Panther, she is not big enough. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, like, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be like, but she's really small. And like, obviously she's like a superhero and powered and stuff, but it is odd. Yeah. Okay. So before we get to talking about her as the Black Panther, I think we need to start with the return of your favorite, Killmonger. How did oh you, how did you feel? I was so happy with that. Yeah, me too. I was, I was, it was actually the moment I was most disappointed that the cinema I was in made no sound. Because it oh, made, yeah. I, I had a cinema that made sound, um, and, but the, the biggest audience response was the line where Riri called Okoye Ashi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Huge response. Absolutely hilarious. And the Killmonger thing, I was waiting for people to go, <gasps> and there was silence, and I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. But no, Killmonger coming back was great. My crowd was very excited by Killmonger coming back, and I, I think it was awesome until it was undone during the the sand fight because like part of me was like oh okay are they gonna do this thing where shuri is going to learn that killmonger was right which is something that you've been talking about for years yeah and then she doesn't <laughs> well there's something miss miss i uh, miscommunicate his thing which is that his thing is he's like i am about vengeance and now you are about vengeance as well and like the fact that she i don't even notice that she picked up his mask yes i didn't yeah, notice that very very cool and there was a bunch of stuff that was cool and you know you've got nikia yeah who's like uh who did you see is it don't don't tell me you're about vengeance now and she's like it's too late and it was like oh this is really cool this is this is again it's that thing of killmonger would not have fought a fellow colonized people no this is the thing this is why it's missing doom because if it was killmonger being like kill the colonizer i'll help you kill the colonizer and like shuri then uses like killmonger's advice to defeat doom with namor it all makes more sense and the fact that there's no central villain makes the whole movie fall apart right she's making these jokes about the only colonizer i like when she's talking about martin freeman and then fighting non-colonizers like what are you doing like yeah it's really weird it's it, i mean it almost reminds me of that issue that we have with falcon and the winter soldier where you know the planet smashers are right and they're basically just like an, an activist group that the cia is cracking down on like what are we doing here why is wakanda have like a friend cia agent to like help them take down an indigenous community in Central America. This is absurd. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think it's so noticeable in this because so much of the movie is good and smart. Yeah, it is. No, I did. I, as a whole, I did really like it. It has some really, really nice moments. It has some good sequences. The addition of Ironheart is odd. Yeah. Yeah. I think once again, like if the vibranium detector was a mystery, if we didn't know who had built it and it was leading us towards a villain, you know, in that classic 90s action movie way where you find out the smarmy guy from act one is actually the villain of act three. Yeah. You know, like it's so clearly a movie set up for that. And yet they replace it with a preview for a Disney plus movie, which, you know, and this is not to knock the actress. I thought Dominique Thorne was great. I, I thought Riri was super fun. And she does a really good job of a thing that Marvel movies do well with it, which is like, normal person in the world and being funny about it like there's that scene where she's like in the full suit at the end and you've got that like anakin skywalker gets in the spaceship for the first time woo you know like flying around like yeah normal person in a in a crazy situation feeling it's classic although i was also really disappointed that they didn't replicate there's a moment when she when she flies really really high and runs out of oxygen 
I, and I was like, as she was falling, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. She's going to wake up and she's going to do the exact Iron Man shot where she goes and like scrapes close to the highway and comes back up. And then she did a different thing entirely. I was like, oh, you, yeah. you missed out there. I, I also like wonder if, if there was an easier way to fit her in. Like, I don't know, when they first announced that she was going to be in the movie, I was like, oh, like maybe there'll be like a Wakandan like graduate program. What well, that's it. They say later on, it's like, oh, Wakanda was probably just recruiting her. It's like, why didn't Wakanda just recruit her? Right. That's the thing. Like part of me was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if the movie just starts and Shuri has a lab full of grad students and Riri's one of them? Yes, that would be a much more a much more interesting way to do it. Like, like you could even see this whole thing where she's like been squirreling away Shuri tech to build her own like Iron Man suit in her dorm in Wakanda, but that would also require any sense of what Wakanda is as a country or a place. Yeah, like they open the thing where they say Wakanda agreed to you know uh, open its borders and like work with us and work to develop technology to protect the world, and Queen Ramonda's like, well, we haven't, but fuck you. And it's like, right. All right. So what are we doing here? Yeah, and then I, the, the the closest they come is when the, the medics come out during the flood and they're all hypnotized by uh, by the, the siren song and they like yeah. start jumping into the water, which, by the way, is super cool. Like, Yeah, that's a good moment. This is what's so frustrating with this movie is that there's so many fun ideas. We haven't even talked about my favorite thing, which is why Namor is called Namor. Right. Which is that he, I assume everyone here is listening has seen it, but just to reiterate, he's about to kill a, co- a colonialist priest, and the priest says, you're a child without love, or Namor, and then he kills him, and then he's like, I took that name as my own, and I was like, fuck, that's so, that's so good, that's so fucking good. And then no one pronounces it right the whole movie. <laughs> Namor is much more fun to say than Namor. I've been calling him Namor because I'm just used to it. I, you know, I'm a, I'm a well, I mean, creator. they've been underwater for like 500 years. So, you know, they, maybe they're struggling. They have flawless Spanish. They, when they did speak Spanish, it was flawless. <laughs> no, I, I, liked, I liked a lot of the world building. I liked a lot of it. I thought it was all really well done. I thought the tribute to Chadwick Boseman was good. My last thing I, I want to hit, and I, I don't know how to feel about it, and I don't even know if it matters. I don't know what they're going to do with it. But how did you feel about T'Challa? secretly having a son revealed in the mid credit scene okay with it i think no i i think i'm okay with it just because a i think lupita is amazing in these movies and was missing conspicuously missing from uh infinity war and endgame and i think that her as a mother to a son that charla didn't want to be prince charla is like good i have a lot of questions about how the rules laws of succession work in wakanda because at the moment, it's gone from king to son to wife to daughter to a vote. I don't I don't understand. I, I... Is Sh- Shuri is the queen of Wakanda now, correct? I think so. I don't know. They were not clear. Because it was, it was T'Challa's dad who dies in civil war. Yeah. Then it's T'Challa yeah. with a queen regent. Mm-hmm. Then T'Challa dies, so it becomes the queen again. But the queen, like, that's not how succession works. I think that there's 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 a, a implication at one point that they have kind of like a an elected monarch. Isn't that the joke with Mbaku at the end? I think so. Yeah, like he's going to try and be king, but yeah, I don't. Know. I just I he's need going to go more... fight in the in the in the pond or whatever in the. In the I, I need I need some more information about how the succession in Wakanda works. We've we've talked about this before, though. We talked about this with Moon Knight, where you know halfway through I was like, look, if I don't understand, if 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 they don't explain how the Egyptian gods 
interact with the Norse gods that already exist in this universe, I'm going to lose my mind. And I, <laughs> I think it's just like, you don't need to overdo it. But I do think that if you're going to keep this universe going, there has to be some moments to, to establish this stuff. And I think if you're smart, you do it with character. Yeah. That's why I like She-Hulk. We're not going to get into it. Don't worry. But I think there's ways to do it. And I think this movie has so many exciting ideas that the nerd in me is like, I want to learn more about that. I don't think it's a bad thing. I'm just frustrated. For sure. For sure. But yeah, ultimately the movie works. And I think... It works a movie. It's definitely like, oh yeah, it has a, an incredible movie to follow. So it being a 3.5 out of 5 is like, sure. Like it's in the best third of Marvel movies, but it's just nowhere near as good as the original Black Panther. No, no, no. It's it's, uh, it's a damn shame. The movie theater I watched this in is in Nighthawk Cinema in Brooklyn. And they, they make little movies about the movie you're going to see that you can watch like as you sit there. Usually it's like uh, like a super cut or you know a little video essay that they've put together, and they did one for Chadwick Boseman, and it was it was pretty spectacular to watch just all of the stuff he was doing sick <laughs> uh, that we didn't know about, and I think it's not talked about a lot how Black Panther you know is an iconic Marvel superhero. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman by selflessly acting through those movies to get that character to a proper ending, turn Black Panther into something larger than that. For sure, for sure. So, you know, I think that's pretty amazing. It is. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, we will see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.